This is Daizen Shui XD Podcast, episode 166, for the week of March 1st, 2009. Welcome to Daizen Shui XD Podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site Daizen EX. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Julian, we can see you. This is great. Yes. I can see you, too. <laughs> I just uh, upgraded to the latest Skype over here, and as you heard last week on the show, potentially, Jeff and I were uh, live camming it over on Stickam, but this week we're doing it where uh, Julian over in Japan and us over here in New Jersey can see each other, and it's great because we've only seen Julian while recording maybe once or twice when we did it together in person, and so now this is great. He's in Japan, and I'm looking at him. I was taking pictures of him eating his breakfast. It was great. <laughs> I feel like I've got a stalker now. <laughs> I have to say, this is a little creepy, but I kind of like it. Julian, how the hell are you doing, man? Uh, not too bad. Um, so it turns out that I'll be changing jobs pretty soon. For about, oh, and right up until about Valentine's Day, I was planning on continuing the same job for another year, but I got a phone call from the Prefectural Board of Education, and it looks like I'll be starting to teach at a high school come April. Whoa, Ooh. so much closer to your own age. How do you feel about that? Um, a little weird. Possibly, I don't know, but it could be an interesting experience. Greg Julian. seems to have an okay time with that, so that's true. I don't know if Greg's experience is anything to go by, of course, but right, right. We'll see what happens. Well, you need to refer to the South Park episode where Cartman is, uh, you know, trying to teach the cla- uh, the like his, you know, Hispanic class how to cheat. That's uh, that's like a younger kid teaching in high school class right there. That is a good resource. Jeff, for I don't you, know sir. that Julian has seen much uh, recent South Park over there. Well, if that's the one episode yeah. you need to see. I'm not sure I have the requisite amount of bigotry in order to be Cartman. I'm not sure. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> in the mental capacity area, I would say you do. Ooh, look at that. There you go. Compliment. Oh, <laughs> All right, let me keep going around then. Mary, you join us once again yes. back from the land of the dead. Uh-huh. Mostly. I couldn't have put it better myself. <laughs> How you feeling? I am probably 80% better, my good sir. You'll be coughing this episode, yes. so we'll just have to deal. My lungs will be splattered out all over the internet floor. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. It's good to have you, you back. It's good to be back nice. for this longer review episode. That's right. We'll talk about that in a minute. Jeff is here. May- Mary is 80%. I'm about 80 proof. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you're here. It's longer review of awesomeness time. That's right. How are you doing, dude? We I heard you last week. But... doing very well. Thank you. I guess I was here last week, wasn't I? Yeah, good time. Well, I was there, but recording there. That's for true. This. We're recording back at my place now. Are you sure this is Dizentry X? This is I have not... no idea what's going on. I can see Julian, so it has to be Dizentry Okay, X. okay, good. I'm, I'm, I'm set. I'm good. Very nice. All right, so that's Julian, that's Mary, that's Jeff. My name is Mike Vegito EX, and I am here to conduct an episode of a podcast. We are up to volume 25 of the manga in our manga review of awesomeness. Is that halfway, or do we already cross We halfway? are way past the halfway point. Okay. Uh, I already forgot that milestone, I'm sorry. As we complete this volume, we will be officially and exactly 300 chapters into Dragon Ball. Woohoo! Out of 519. Whoa. Not too bad there. Am I still a noob? Uh, you're more than halfway over noob status. All right. Yes. Congratulations. Yeah. So for those of you joining us for the first time on a manga review of Awesomeness, what we've been doing is every month going through the manga volume by volume, uh, going around, getting takes on it. Julian and myself read it front to back. Julian in Japanese as well as English. Mary over here, longtime Dragon Ball fan, has read most of the manga. Yeah, probably half. 
Although now it's definitely most. Way more, yeah. yeah. So you're kind of going through the manga portion for the first time, even though you're a longtime fan. Yep. Nice. And then there's Jeff over here. He is the noob. He is the virgin. We're taking him through it and uh, living vicariously as a new fan through him. It hurts. (laughs) Does it really hurt? No, not really. Is it fun times? It's great. All right, nice. So, uh, yeah, that's what's going on. That's what we're doing this episode. I don't have any stuff I really want to talk about. We heard about Julian going for a new job potentially soon. You know, we're doing a podcast here. That's about it. That's what's going on. Hey, Mary, we close on the new place in a week. Yes, a week from today, we will be homeowners and also watching Watchmen. That's right. It's going to be a fantastic day. Tomorrow, we'll be watching Legend of Chun-Li. So that's that. Oh, Unless God. anyone, so we can so we can finally answer the question of who watches the Watchmen. Yes, and that would be <laughs> hopefully do. most of America. <laughs> okay. All right. Unless anyone has any objections, I say we take it on to the news. Hey, Julian, tell me what's going on with the Dragon Ball Kai. Okay. Well, they've updated their official website. And they're noting that the new theme song will be premiered at the Tokyo International Anime Fair on March 30th. And the singer of the song will be there along with Masako Nozawa for an interview. No confirmation, of course, on anything beyond that, whether it's a new song or simply a new recorded old song or who's going to be doing it or anything of the sort. They're lovely at being vague, aren't they? It's fantastic. Don't you love all these updates? I was uh, so amused the other morning when you and I were going through uh, one of those V-Jump scans, going through those four major points that say nothing. Yeah, it's all advertising speak. All right, then. Anyone have any thoughts on this so far? You think we got to wait until April? Yeah. All right, we'll do that then. I'm going to tell you about Viz. Last week on the show, we mentioned the uh, Viz big delays. I think there were three volumes that were each delayed two months. So uh, we learned a little more about what's going on with Viz this week. Anime News Network had uh, an article about some layoffs and restructurings going on at Viz. They didn't say how many employees they laid off, but they did get a statement from CEO Hidemi Fukuhara, and he says, Viz Media is in the process of refining its focus and is restructuring to adjust to change industry, and financial market realities. Viz feels confident that with these changes, the company will be more streamlined to face the current economic climate. In Japan? No, no, Viz over here Oh, in oh Viz US. here. So Funimation got this bad news, and now Viz has this bad news. Exactly. Can, Everyone's restructuring, having problems. Can we, like, just compare the two statements of <laughs> the two companies and just see how word for <laughs> where they like are? That seems like a pretty generic statement. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is. Everyone They're basically the same thing. Yeah. And it's funny, because Viz has Naruto, and Naruto is actually selling and selling relatively well. Funimation has Dragon Ball Z. And that's selling relatively well, so no one is immune from the uh, current economic problems. Not a whole lot there, but maybe that ties into these Viz Big delays. Don't really know, but I guess it makes sense when you take it all into account. That's all I got for news. Anyone? Julian, you got anything? Um, I don't know. I've just been seeing a bunch of like Goku stuff popping up here and there, Lawson and what have you. I think they're getting excited for the rebroadcast that's coming out in April. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, but it's, I don't know, it's nothing too out of the ordinary. So with all that out of the way, let us go over to the topic. So here we are. We are up to volume 25 of the manga. This is going to be chapters 289 through 300. 
I have it all laid out here if you have any type of version of the manga. That's volume 25 going by the original Tankobon version. The Kanzenban, the re-release over in Japan, you're going to be about a third of the way into 20 and then the first chapter of 21. Coming over to the US, if you're going by Viz, this will be DBZ volume 9, their graphic novels. And if you're going by VizBig, it will be DBZ 3. So, with all that out of the way, let us just get into the recap and then we'll hit up the analysis afterward. Chapter 289, Ginyu, in Goku's body, is getting knocked all around and even Gohan is now able to easily block his key blast. Ginyu is still having trouble realizing that he can't control the body that well and Kuridin jumps in to attack. Vegeta begins his assault on Jis, who wonders how Vegeta was able to completely disappear from being picked up on the scouter. As Vegeta takes Jis' punch to the face with no problem, he tells Jis to take a look at the scouter. Jis thinks it's malfunctioning and Vegeta claims to be getting closer and closer to becoming a Super Saiyajin, unlike Goku who is too soft. Vegeta chops Jis in the side, opens his hand, and blows Jis to smithereens midair. Everyone else pauses their fight when the explosion occurs, and while they take a moment to figure out what's going on, Goku even saying Vegeta didn't have to go and kill him, Vegeta rushes right in and attacks Ginyu. After a few solid hits, Ginyu is smashed into the ground, and Vegeta prepares to fly down and deliver the final blow. As he flies down, Ginyu smirks, Goku realizes what's going on, and Ginyu begins his body change. Julian, why don't you give me 290 here? Alright, as Ginyu begins the body change, Goku, in Ginyu's body, hops in front of the blast and gets back into his own body. While everyone's confused, again, Ginyu decides to go after Vegeta's body and once again begins the body change. At the last second, however, Goku notices a frog hopping by, so he grabs it and throws it in the way of the blast. After a bright flash, the frog lands on the ground, and Ginyu's body, eyes wide open, lowers itself to the ground and hops away. Vegeta, Kuridin, and Gohan land over to help Goku up, who explains that the frog over there is Ginyu. Vegeta wants to kill it, but Goku protests. Vegeta figures that he'll let it live, since living like that will be hell enough. Vegeta could just kill them all, but he'll need some help fighting Frieza. Goku is out of Senzu, so Vegeta brings him inside the ship, so Goku can use the rejuvenation tank. <clears throat> As they shut Goku up in there to help him heal up, Vegeta says, Kuridin and Gohan are going to need some battle armor. Mary, why don't you give me 291 here? Vegeta, Kuridin, and Gohan get all dressed up in new battle armor. Kuridin and Gohan get the newer types, apparently, which have shoulder protectors, which Kuridin doesn't want, but Gohan says they don't get in the way at all. Vegeta says Goku should be back to normal in a little under an hour. Kuridin says that he's going to go off to Saichiro's place to get the password to call out the Namekian Shenlong. Meanwhile, Nail is hunched over, dripping with blood, as Frieza just stands there asking politely why he bothers fighting. Nail suddenly turns around and fires a huge blast at Frieza, but he's still just standing there as the smoke clears. Frieza quickly moves over in front of Nail and backhands him in the face to the ground. As Frieza starts to get a little impatient, Nail just laughs and says that by now Dende has reached the Earthlings and has told them everything that Frieza is trying to find out. Frieza remembers that he let one of the little Namekians go and immediately bursts off into the distance, confirming on his scouter that the Ginyu Tokusentai appears to be dead. He flies off screaming. Dende is flying off too, and Kuririn comes upon him while Saichiro sits by himself, saying that he doesn't have much time left. Jeff, why don't you give me 292 here? Chapter 292. Dende tells Kuririn that to make the wish, they have to speak in Namekian, and the two of them rush back to the ship. Gohan is pretty much by himself since Vegeta's taking a nap, though he's just taking a nap right outside of the ship. Kuridin and Dende show up, and since they have the chance that they've been waiting for, they're going to try and sneak the Dragon Balls away so that they can summon Shenlong and make their wish. As they get away with the Dragon Balls, they sense Frieza coming in quickly, so they need to move fast. Dende recites the words, Come on, Jeff. Takarapto, Poporanga, Poop. 
Piritoparo. <laughs> Good enough. Wow. And the sky turns dark. Frieza stops for a second, wondering what's going on. The dragon is huge. This one is named Poranga, and he will grant three wishes. Kuridin, through Dende's translation, wishes to bring back to life everybody killed by the Saiyajin. But Poranga says that he can only bring back one person at a time. Oh no. Up on Kaiosama's planet, Piccolo immediately demands to talk to Gohan. Alright, June 93. Poranga demands a wish be made. Kaio tells Piccolo he'll be able to talk to Gohan if he puts his hand on his shoulder. Piccolo does so and demands that Gohan use the first wish to bring him back to life, which will in turn bring Kamisama back to life, which will then in turn also allow them to use Earth's Dragon Balls to wish everyone else back to life. For the second wish, he wants to be transported to Namek so he can personally fight. He will take down Frieza with the power he's gained in the afterlife. They can do whatever they want with the third wish. As Dende makes the first wish, Vegeta wakes up having sensed Frieza approaching, but then he notices the sky is dark, which shouldn't happen on the planet with multiple suns like this, and then notices the giant monster in the sky. The Dragon Balls and the Earthlings are gone. He blasts off over to them. Piccolo is back to life, and so is Kamisama, much to Mr. Popo's delight. Gohan tells Dende to make the second wish as Vegeta starts getting close. Paranga says it's no problem, and Piccolo is brought to Namek, except... They didn't specify where on the planet, so he's out there somewhere, but not right there with them. Vegeta lands quite pissed. Gohan lets it slip that they still have one more wish, which Vegeta is quite happy about, especially since Frieza's closing in on them. So he wants to be made immortal. Piccolo is on Namek. He's home. Julian, 294. Piccolo is on Namek, but nowhere near the others. He senses one enormous key heading toward three weaker ones and assumes that must be Gohan and the others, so he takes off. Porunga is asking for the third wish but Dende is hesitating. Vegeta shakes him furiously and demands the wish be made. And even Kuririn screams that Vegeta killed all his friends. But Vegeta's a hell of a lot better than Frieza right now. Just as Dende is about to make the final wish, Purunga disappears and the Dragon Balls fall to the ground as stone. As Vegeta wonders what's going on, Dende sighs and says that Saijoro has passed away. Vegeta starts flipping out but freezes up and he, as he looks behind him. Then Kuririn looks. Frieza is right above them on a cliff. Though he's smiling the whole time, Frieza tells them how they've all ruined his plans, and they've even managed to take out the Ginyu Force. He then starts absolutely screaming about how he's going to torture and kill them. Vegeta smirks a little bit, noting how there are no longer any formalities in his tone and speech. Frieza, now clearly annoyed, starts powering up. Gohan and Kuridin stare wide-eyed at the power they're sensing. Piccolo senses Frieza's key getting even larger, but stops when he notices a Namekian with a very weak key lying on the ground. It's Nail. Mary, why don't you give me 295 here? Nail is glad to see Piccolo since it means the Earthlings got their wish. Piccolo says he needs to hurry up, so he's just going to leave Nail there to die. But Nail pipes in and says it's a shame that Piccolo never became whole again, because then he'd have absolutely no problem taking down Frieza. Piccolo thinks the idea of re-merging with Kamisama is ridiculous, but Nail says it would have been more than enough. Nail knows what Frieza is capable of, and Kamisama is back on Earth anyway, so he offers to let Piccolo assimilate him. Piccolo refuses, since he doesn't want anyone inside of him, but Nail says he won't be in the way, and that he'll just be the catalyst for the assimilation. Nail makes Piccolo promise to defeat Frieza, but Piccolo says that's what he was planning on doing anyway. Piccolo places his hand on Nail chest and in a huge flash, Nail is completely gone. Piccolo takes a moment to recover and senses incredible power flowing through him. More than happy with himself, Piccolo takes off back towards Frieza and the others. Meanwhile, Frieza's power is 
getting huge, but Vegeta says that with the three of them, they'll be able to take him down. Vegeta tells Frieza that they keep underestimating the Earthlings, especially Gohan, who doesn't even know the extent of the power within him, and now he's close to becoming a super Saiyajin. Frieza scoffs and rushes in, but Vegeta is able to hold him back a little bit and even blocks the second swipe. Frieza's scouter starts reading Vegeta, and it explodes on his face. The two hop away from each other, and Kurita notes how calm Vegeta looks. Vegeta tells Frieza to transform now and get it over with. Zarbon let it slip, so Frieza obliges. Jeff 296. Chapter 296. Vegeta says that some beings transform for camouflage or to conserve energy, but Frieza interrupts and says in his case it's because his energy is far too great to control. Frieza says he didn't even need to transform in order to take out King Vegeta, so this will be a special treat. Kudurin now realizes that it was Frieza who destroyed the Saiyajin's home planet. Frieza busts off his outer jacket armor, and everyone thinks that this was the extent of the transformation. Frieza clenches up and begins growing in size until he's a massive version of himself. Vegeta didn't even realize it was quite like this. Frieza says he might not be able to control himself, and a scouter would probably read him at over one million now. He extends out one hand and creates a huge explosion which sends everyone flying. Everyone was quick enough to mostly escape harm, but Frieza decides it's time to attack, chooses Kuridin, who grabbed Dende, and rushes in and impales him with a horn. That's right, 297 here. Vegeta says Kuridin shouldn't have bothered with the little Namekian brat, and Frieza tosses Kuridin down into the ocean. Gohan tries to fly over and help, but Frieza appears in front of him. Go Gohan mutters for Frieza to move, and then screams and unleashes an attack. A whole bunch of kicks and punches are followed up with tons of key blasts. Vegeta's pretty shocked at the power, and wonders if this is the true Super Saiyajin, and Frieza gets sent down to the ground. Dende picks Kudadin out of the water, he's still alive. Frieza gets up, and while he's mostly okay, he does say that it actually hurt him a little bit, and he's pretty pissed off. Goku is still healing up, Frieza's eyes blink, and Piccolo is rushing towards them to help. Short chapter, lots of action there. Julian, 298. All right. As Dende drags Kuririn out of the water, Frieza continues to get stronger. Vegeta realizes that Frieza can also control his battle power and slowly flies right back up in front of Gohan. Frieza smacks Gohan to the ground, so Vegeta takes his opportunity to fire a blast at Frieza from behind with, presumably, his guard down. When the dust clears, Frieza is standing there the same as he was before, and he turns around and tells Vegeta that they will have plenty of time soon enough. Gohan gets up and tries to hit Frieza, but Frieza lays a multi-page smackdown on the kid and ends up with his foot on his head, ready to kill him. Mary 299. Frieza asks Vegeta why he's not coming to help. Vegeta tells himself that he doesn't care if the brat dies, but he still has no idea what he's going to do about Frieza's strength. Goku senses Gohan's key getting smaller and says he can't wait any longer, but stops. Frieza turns around at the last second to dodge a Kienzan. It actually cuts off the tip of his tail in the process. It's Kuririn. He's totally fine. As Frieza wonders how the guy who is nearly dead in the water is back to normal, Kuririn fires off a succession of Kanzan, followed by sticking out his tongue, while Frieza flails around to dodge them all. Frieza rushes into where Kuririn is. Kuririn's not going to be able to do anything, so he uses a Taioken to blind Frieza. Kuririn yells for Vegeta to come attack, but Vegeta's too busy watching Dende run over to heal Gohan. Vegeta asks why they didn't tell him the kid was able to do that. Kuririn didn't even know, otherwise they would have had Dende heal Goku. Gohan bursts back up into the sky, and Vegeta notices that, just like the Saiyajin he is, Gohan's power has increased yet again after coming back from near death. Everyone suddenly senses something huge coming in fast, and Piccolo has arrived, apologizing for the wait. Jeff, finish off the book here, 300. Sparta! I'm sorry. You asshole. <laughs> 
Piccolo says that Frieza does look pretty tough. Vegeta is rather upset that with the power of the Dragon Balls they brought back the Namekian that they killed back on Earth. What the hell is this guy going to do? Piccolo calmly tells Vegeta to watch, and when he's done with Frieza, it'll be his turn. Frieza notices that this Namekian is different from the others, though he's still no match for him. Goku can't figure out right away who this new huge power is. Is it Piccolo? And Gohan's back to normal? What's going on out there? Piccolo lowers himself to the ground and tells Dende to take cover so he won't get hurt. Dende wonders how Piccolo even knew his name. As Piccolo stares down Frieza for a moment, Vegeta says he'll soon figure out what he's up against. Gohan says that Piccolo can usually tell just how strong his opponents are, so he's got to be acting like this for a reason. Piccolo suddenly rushes in and starts a barrage of attacks on Frieza. Frieza gets punched and kicked all over the place and tries to retaliate with a key blast, but Piccolo deflects it and fires a much more massive one right back at Frieza, who takes the blast head on and starts getting even more irritated. <laughs> I think every chapter ends with Frieza or Vegeta being really pissed off, and that is this volume. Before we go any further, I'm going to totally flip around what we usually do. First thing I want to do is, Jeff, check in with your predictions. Yeah, I knew time. you were going to do this. <laughs> I love this. Let me go down the list of your predictions from last time, all right? Yeah, fine. Number one, Saichoro is going to die. Well, you, you said gonna die, and sure enough, he done gonna die. He done gonna dead. <laughs> he done gone dead. Next up, you said, and you were adamant about this one. You were so sure this one made the most sense to you. Dende was going to be responsible for switching back Ginyu and Goku. Yeah, I did say that. You did, and uh, that was not true. It was mostly Goku himself who was responsible for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, surprisingly so, and, and very, very smart. I didn't even, uh, I didn't see it coming at all. All right, nice. Next thing you said, the whole Goku-Ginyu switch thing isn't going to last very long. It's pretty useless for them to be in each other's bodies. And that ended up being pretty true. I don't think it lasted too long, comparatively speaking. No, it makes sense that it ended early. Yep. Next up, you said, Frieza is going to defeat Nail and get to Saichoro. Uh, well, Frieza pretty much defeated Nail, but then Nail let out the, ha, 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 you're dumb, we've been stalling, and then Frieza took off. Yeah, I did not see that coming. Uh, you said Vegeta's not dying, but you had no idea where that big clusterfuck of a fight was going to be going. We had Vegeta fighting Jeez, we had Gohan and Kududin fighting Ginyu, Goku just kind of standing there. So you were right, Vegeta's still totally fine for now. Right. And uh, that fight kind of resolved itself, I suppose you could say. You said Ginyu took Sentai out of the picture this volume. Pretty safe to say, four of them are dead and one's a frog. <laughs> so <laughs> they're out of the picture. Yep. You said Saichoro versus Frieza, fight of the century. Yeah, that didn't really pan out, did Not it? so much. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> All right. Well, Jeff, uh, when we finish up this analysis, we'll do predictions for next time. But we have lots to talk about. Julian, I'm going to take it over to you. Where would you like to start with this volume? I just have to say that this is a massive bit of action that's going on right now. It doesn't really let up from the beginning to the end. It's just constant fight, first with Ginyu, then we get to Frieza and the dragon comes in in the middle of that, and you got Piccolo, and it, wow. Yeah, it's all over the place. I felt that way reading this volume where, especially this volume, I just didn't want to stop reading. There's a couple points while I was doing the notes, I turned to Mary, I'm like, I don't want to stop and take the notes as I do it chapter by chapter, the way I uh, take the notes. I just wanted to keep reading because there were so many things going on. I mean, you know Piccolo's there, you're waiting for him to show up. Finally, he shows up right at the end of this volume. It's just uh, action-packed is a great way to describe it. Uh, Mary, what were your initial impressions of this volume? I was surprised at how good it was. I mean, every time I read a volume, I, I'm wondering, okay, when does it get to the part where I don't like it? But it's really, really good. And I liked that, you know, the action didn't let up and we didn't really get sidetracked by anything. There was no cutovers to Bulma. Right. We didn't get much. Like there is in the TV version. Yeah. Well, 
I'll try and purge that from my memory. Okay. Um, and we don't get to see much of the Earthlings that are dead, other than when Piccolo gets uh, wished back. Right, right. And really, I mean, the action is just going on like in a span of what feels like it could be a couple minutes. Yes. Maybe a half hour. I don't know. <laughs> it's right. really it, trippy. It, it feels like it's moving pretty fast. Yeah. Jeff, let me go to you then. What were your initial impressions of this volume? I think pacing was everything on this volume, and it was just so, I don't know, it was so well done. You're going to have so much action going on with all the situations cause sort of cross, you know, crossing themselves, I guess. And I don't know, it was just, I, I couldn't put this thing down. It, it took no time at all to read this, and it was oh, just absolutely. wonderful. If I weren't doing the notes, oh my gods, I'd be cruising through this. And I really want to read the next one, too. Did you feel that, where you just wanted to keep going into oh, yeah. this volume? Oh, yeah. I hate you right now for having all the manga, and I can't just go <laughs> you know, pick the next one and read it I know. It we got to go really slow, one per month. Grr. That sucks. <laughs> I think a reason why I think I personally like this volume a lot is because Goku's not been the center of the action. I know. You, you tend to like it when Goku is not around. Yeah. I mean, you got such a huge cast, let other people do stuff, and it seems like that was certainly the case. Do you feel like he's uh, out of commission again too fast after he just It is a little bit weird, yeah. I mean, we were talking about how it was nice to have them gone, or have him gone for a while, have the other characters take the forefront here, and that was true, and now Goku's almost immediately gone again. Yeah, if there's one thing I could fault the volume for, it's okay, Goku's hurt again, we have to wait for him to get better again, and then it's gonna end up, oh, Goku, save us, we're being beaten. Right. Like, oh man, not that again. But for now, it feels fresh. Okay. Uh, I want to briefly talk about Nail, because he's uh, kind of come and gone. We have a new thing going on where apparently Namekians can assimilate each other, is the word that they use here. Kind of different from the fusion that we'll know later in the series. They become a part of the other. Jeff, let me go to you. Uh, how did you feel about this? Did, was this just a random, oh, we got to find a way to power someone up? Did it make sense? It made 100% sense to me. Okay. I could totally see it happening because we've seen this before. Uh, just the whole thought that Earth's God was Namekian, was able to split into, or not really split, but but to have two personalities that were uh-huh. separate, but they were the same person. And I thought it made perfect sense to me, even if it wasn't uh, one of his own kind. Well, I mean, like, uh, not as in Namekian, but I mean as in a god and not a god. Right, right, right. But still, Namekians being able to do that, I completely see that as being possible. This is actually the second time that someone has mentioned, oh god, if you guys just became one again. I think Saitoro himself even said that uh, maybe one or two volumes ago. So it's nice to see Toriyama follow up on that and, oh hey, you can become one again here. I really like Piccolo's all right, I, I really don't want anyone messing with me. I don't want you, you know, in my head. And I was like, that's fine. Just take me. Power up a little bit. You can see Nail's a little desperate there to kind of save his planet. Uh, Julian, let me go over to you with the death of the Great Elder. Yes. Uh, did you feel, because we've been hearing about this, oh, he's going to die, he's going to die, and he kind of died at an opportune moment, which is uh, right before the third wish could be made. Did you feel like this kind of was just a little too convenient with the storytelling, or was it about time for him to kick the bucket? Well, it felt like it was about time for him to die, but at the same time, you know, the plot totally murdered him. It's got to be that. <laughs> the plot totally murdered him. Yes. All right. Hey, I don't feel that's half as bad as Goku suddenly finding a frog and flo- and throwing it up in the air. You know, like, I think of all the deus ex that machina the- moments, that's the <laughs> yes, worst one. Yes, I totally agree with that. But it's funny, at least. It yeah. is funny. Yeah, it's true. And uh, you with the bug eyes. I, I do have to say. Hopping <laughs> around on all fours. It's <laughs> pretty good. I do have to say that the TV version did uh, a little more with the frog and... The Adventures of Ginyu the Frog, and and then Bulma, I think. (laughs) And then the speech device and everything. (laughs) 
Jeff, there was a lot more with the frog later on in the TV version. I'm so confused right now. <laughs> it's not very good, but it's more entertaining than the crabs. That's all. all <laughs> I don't think crabs could. Crabs are not entertaining. They're bad. God. You got to get that checked, man. Let's uh, go into a couple other characters. How about Vegeta, Mary? Um, we've had an interesting trip with Vegeta so far, but now he's not really the center of attention anymore. Well, he got to shine by killing Jis off, I suppose, and we right. get to see how merciless he is there. Like he just doesn't care or give it a second thought. And he's ready to go stomping on Ginyu Frog, too. I especially liked his, um, when Frieza had his foot on Gohan's head, he's like, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna kill the kid. And Vegeta's just kind of talking to himself, like, I don't really care if he dies, but what the hell am I gonna do about Frieza? Like, he's totally dismissive about Gohan there. Yeah. Any, anything else like, interesting with him? Um, not as interesting as some of the previous volumes in his character development. Right. It seems like he's definitely settled into whatever Toriyama intended to I was do with say, him. I feel like around this volume, this is where Vegeta kind of feels like the Vegeta we're going to know for the rest of the series, almost. Doesn't change too much until maybe Boo era. I don't really know, but kind of feels the same, where he's part of the team reluctantly. And he has to kind of second-guess things. Like, well, I would let them die, but... Right, but I kind of need them around. Here's how I'm going to justify not doing it, (laughs) even though I'm a total badass. Jeff, you were enjoying Vegeta for a while, so uh, how does he feel this particular volume? Um, Oh, Vegeta was in this volume? Oh, yeah, he was. (laughs) You didn't feel like he did much? No, I don't really feel like he had much of a part in it. You know, he didn't. Well, he wasn't able to make his wish. He, uh, in battle. He was he, actually sleeping for a little bit. That's yeah. True. <laughs> yeah, that was great, that. actually. It was kind of, kind of nice to see that these characters sleep once in a while. <laughs> right, right. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, in fighting, he also had some pretty good moves, but, you know, even he got sort of like overthrown by Piccolo, just nailing on Frieza. So it was really his moment, if anything, at the end. Right. So I don't know. There really wasn't much you could say about Vegeta other than his usual, oh, I don't care about anybody's self. And it didn't really play much of a factor in this one as it did in the last one. Right. If right. it were more of that, I would be tired of it by now. So it was just sort of like a smart move. Okay. So you think Toriyama played out Vegeta as much as he should for now? Time to move over to something Oh, I else. think it was intentional. Okay. Absolutely. Fair enough. Julian, let me go over to you with Frieza. Uh, we're up to the point where we're seeing a little bit more of Frieza's, as I said, losing his formalities with his screaming and such. Yes. Well, take it away. How do you feel about Frieza? Well, it's obvious that his exterior has been stripped away, and now he is just ready to flip out. So it's interesting to see that, and it's an interesting change of character. Well, not really a change of character, but it reveals what the author's been going for all along, which is that that formality and that politeness has really just been covering up his absolute insanity underneath. How about transformations? We've seen that Zarbon transform. He kind of let it slip that Frieza was able to do the same thing. So is this kind of just rehashing the same thing, or are you okay with Frieza also having that uh, transformation thing going on? Uh, it feels kind of gimmicky, but at the same time, I'm so used to it by now that it just seems obvious. Yeah, that's true. I guess after Piccolo Daimo, who didn't really have a transformation, kind of a, a youth restoration, we had Vegeta come do the Ozaru thing, and we've seen a couple of the others transform a little bit. So it does feel kind of, you know, Toriyama's gotten into his groove with having characters transform. But you and I know, and Mary as well, maybe Jeff, I'm not quite sure, know where Freeze's heading. So are you kind of okay knowing where it's going? I think so. I mean, I remember this as being a fairly exciting part of the manga. Yeah, and I think in retrospect, reading it again, it is uh, pretty exciting. Jeff, how are you feeling about Frieza? He's, uh, you know, I think last volume we were mentioning he had one little scene with Nail. It was almost just to remind you that Frieza was still there, and now he's a little bit back more into the focus of the story. Yeah, very true. But uh, if anything, in this one, now we see him transform. We, we see him get pissed, and I love the loss of formalities. That was probably one of my favorite... <laughs> 
parts of this whole manga was just seeing him go like, I'm going to freaking kill you guys. You suck. Right, right. And then he pulls it right back to kind of being a little nice in the way he delivers his lines. Yeah, absolutely. I love Frieza so much here. Yeah. If I could answer the question you asked earlier, like if that was sort of expected for him to transform or if it was just a little not so appropriate, um, I had no problem with it. I really kind of just see that. I, I guess I could take part of the side of Julian where he says that, you know, it's, it's almost expected. Right. You know, because we've been used to it. We've seen this happen before. Um, I don't feel that that's a bad thing at all. Like I, I sort of felt like he had to transform in, in, in this volume in order to have any sort of chance in this fight. Right. Cause he's got like how many guys against him. It's true. He's got a lot of people against him now. And we still have yet to see Goku in the battle. Right. So, I mean, what else can he do? He's got to have some sort of backup plan, you know? Plus I got to bring up the point where he says, if you check your scouters, I was say so over 1 going million. right there. The 1 million remark. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I have a feeling it's a bluff you think that's a bluff right about now yeah i do think so because no one has a scouter so um you can intimidate all you want buddy but you know i i think that's going a little too far how did you feel about having yet another mention of battle powers it was just the one little thing so far but ah but this volume was like the smashing of the battle power system you know because they were all saying oh you're whatever i don't care it's gonna bust anyway Uh or you know you can check it if you want but it's not even worth it vegeta said something like oh i guess he can control his battle power too right so it doesn't really matter anymore to anybody and uh thank god i mean it's a kind of a silent death knell for the battle power system but at the same time i'm welcoming it with open arms <laughs> just like uh, okay get w- rid of we'll it we'll see if it's over quite yet well at least in this arc <laughs> i'll all get right. used to it all right all right mary what else about this volume stuck out to you uh we talked about its fast pace and some of the characters everyone feels like they got little roles to do i didn't feel like anyone was in particular kind of the focus of the volume like people like Kudanin got to shine a little bit with their with his Kianzan and right. Taioken. Going back to Frieza, I guess we finally got to see some of his super villainy with uh you know impaling uh Kudin, oh, which yes, was pretty hardcore. It's like okay, you <laughs> bam. <laughs> Right, he doesn't um, hesitate to do that at all. Uh, also, even Dende with his hidden power, which is interesting because oh, yes. it's kind of unexplained, as near as I can tell. It's like, right. oh, by the way, he can do this. Well, we kind of have a hint that there might be different types of Namekians. We know that there's fighters, which Nail is a part of, and we saw some of the others that were ultimately killed by Dodoria. So I guess it makes sense that some might have some other special little things that they can do. So I was able to buy it with that knowledge, but it was another one of those things that seemed to come out of left field. I guess Toriyama needed someone to heal up pretty quickly. No more Senzu. Goku's over in the tank. Speaking of the tank, one thing I do want to mention that was uh, added to the TV version was Goku being dragged in in the fear of needles. I just want to mention that because that was a really funny scene. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's that's funny. There were needles? Uh, in the TV version, they're talking about injections, or I don't even remember what the line is, but Goku freaks out at the prospect of having needles stuck into him. Well, every main character has to have a fear of needles, I guess. <laughs> I've seen it so Goku's often. Goku's not afraid of anything except needles. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't really know where else to take a discussion about this volume. As I was doing my notes, I felt, Julian, like you started off by saying that this volume is all about just really fast-paced action. You'll notice that a couple of the chapters, uh, I wrote things like, you know, multi page smackdown where there was no dialogue it was just lots of kicks and punches and there wasn't a whole lot of exposition it was just fighting anyone want to comment on that was this really fast jeff it was sort of fast and and that was all because of the combat i mean uh i don't know how fast some people read through those panels but uh, whether you observe the art or whatever you do but yeah you certainly flip through them i'm actually more more wondering about uh the hubble super saiyan thing it was mentioned yet again yeah a few times 
and uh, still nothing to show for it. Uh huh. It's once again like, hey, we're dangling it out there, but we're not going to show of anything. Are you hearing about it? I am because I'm not seeing any result of this. Okay. And uh, it's just going back and forth between Vegeta. Is he the one? Is Goku the one? And then all of a sudden, now Gohan is considered maybe. Right. Right. He's the si- uh, Super Saiyan in training. Uh, at the same time, it's like, since I, I kind of know what happens in the future in terms of the whole Super Saiyan thing, at least who can or yeah. who is the person to do it, you know, it's, it's starting to become a little where, you know, like it's sort of a little tiresome just to hear about it because I agree with you. It's like, all right, I, I understand someone's going to transform, just do it already. But, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to happen. Well, if I can make a mini prediction, I don't sure. think it's going to happen until Vegeta, Goku and Gohan are all there in the same place. Okay. Mary and or Julian, how do you feel about that? Because I agree that it was mentioned a lot and we're not getting anywhere with it for now. Yeah, I think it's getting overdone too. Yeah, but we'll see where it goes. <laughs> we know where it goes. Damn you all. <laughs> I love that we just don't guide Jeff at all with this. Jeff, let me stick with you because we all kind of know what's going on with the story is. Uh, you always pick out really neat little things that we kind of forget to mention. Was there anything else in this volume that you want to bring up and discuss? I actually, you know, I, I don't know if it's much of a conversation point, but I really like when they were uh, putting Goku in the tank uh-huh. uh, and they went to go get their armor. Yeah. I love how they explain the armor. Yeah, I love that part too. <laughs> you know? Like, hey, fashion breakdown. And Vegeta's like, right. this one's the old style. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like there's a logic to this finally, you know? Like, right. Like the shoulders actually do something and they don't block the arms and all that. I don't know. It's just like an extra dimension of, of, uh, you know, like the universe, just giving you a sense of where they are, you know? Hey, Julian, break this down. Uh, Vegeta says something about the really small ones being for something like midgets from the planet Lilliput. Is this a pun on something? Um, well, first of all, I need to check the Japanese version and see if that's what it said in there. Right, right. But Lilliput would be a reference to uh, Gulliver's Travels. Oh, okay, so maybe that's a visism thing that was added in there. It, it, it could be, but if it, if it actually is a Toriyama thing, it wouldn't be the first time that that's been in Japanese anime, because if you remember, the movie Castle in the Sky... I think I fell Japanese asleep. Japanese title is Laputa, Castle in the Sky, right. which refers to something from Gulliver's Travels and also means the whore in Spanish. But anyway. <laughs> Ew. Thank you for that. Uh, one other little reference that I liked was Dende flying back and something about the shell region, which I thought was a nice little uh, reference to the overall pun for Namekians. You know, we got the slugs and the cargo, the escargot. Good stuff there. Yes, Jeff. Okay. Okay, wait, wait. All right, Dende, right? I, I see the light bulb going off over your head yeah yes okay so dende heals yes tell me there's no other spot in the manga where he could have used that somewhere (laughs) you think this is just toriyama all of a sudden uh let's do something with the kid yes because i mean he was there for a couple things where people were hurt and didn't do a damn thing so like what the hell is this uh is this as random as i think it is or was there actually no moment where dende could have helped out like was there uh was there something other uh, you know, some other preoccupation that he was under that he couldn't do it or something, because gotcha. it just seems rather random to me. I, I hear you with the random healing, the random frog, kind of the random volume. A bit. Well, like I said, deus ex machina, you know, it just seemed like, just, hey, convenience. And here we have a frog. <laughs> and there we have a guy dying, and, well, that doesn't really, well, anyway. Yeah, no, it just seemed a bit coincidental, but I think in terms of, of helping the pacing along, it, it, I mean, I still love this volume. It's not like the small things are okay. getting in the way, but I think it's like sacrificing a little bit of logic just to make the whole volume that much better. Uh, I feel like I did a really terrible job guiding the discussion on this. So like I said, I just had nowhere to go with this. There was so much going on. It was so fast. It's not you. It's not you. It's just, like I said, things just flew by. I think like the first uh, quarter of the volume took the most amount of time to read, and then yeah. the rest of it, yeah. you just fly through it. I don't 
think there's really much else to say about uh, it. I was kind of anxious going into the recording. I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to say. Usually I have a few more talking points, but... <laughs> no bulba. There is no talking points. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, then let me just go around for final thoughts on the volume. Julian, let me go over to you. I think it was, you know, it's not really a beginning or an end, but it's a development and it's pushing towards the eventual reveal of various things. So it'll be nice to see when that pays off. But right now it's still building, 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 building. Mary, how about you? Um, I feel like we're finally getting into the meat of Frieza, finally, after right. having this buildup of... Okay, yeah, Frieza's the one fighting them There's one relatively strong guy after another, after another, and now it's time for the main event. Gotcha. Okay. Jeff, how about you? Um, I think I said everything I wanted to say earlier. Just okay, fair enough. Pacing, enjoyable, quick volume. I agree with uh, all of you. Then, Jeff, let us go to your predictions. Uh-oh. Where do you think uh, this is going to go? While you talk, I'm going to grab the next volume. All right, let's see. So, uh, we're about to enter this huge fight. There's a lot of uh, people on one side. There's uh, Goku still out of the picture. I think, first prediction, Goku's coming back. Okay. Because he's almost healed. We've seen him. He's he's looking pretty good. He doesn't need to rush it like he was just about to jump out in this volume, but I think uh, he can wait it out a little bit after he senses Piccolo coming back in. So I right. think he's coming back in the next volume. And if that's him on the cover, then I think I'm right. Well, Goku's on the cover of every volume. Oh, well, all right, fine. More or less. <laughs> but he's not in a inflatable motor boat. What the hell is that? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So other predictions, um, I would say that there's definitely going to be a, this huge fight. There's going to be this huge thing. And Frieza, I'm going to say this, yes, he will transform one more time next volume, probably at the end. Okay. Um, but there's definitely going to be a lot of uh, skull cracking, if you will. Um, I'm very interested to see where Dende's going to be. I know he's hiding right now, but he does seem to be a good healing force. So if someone gets hurt, he could potentially pull them away. He could be like... Uh, the first aid squad, you know, or <laughs> okay, any sort of FPS with multiplayer. You have the guy who's the healer dragging the dead bodies aside and Medic! providing them, right? <laughs> so it's very possible he's going to have that role in this fight. Um, you know, I don't really see much else to predict in this one because there's no Dragon Balls, right? Then there's right. no other characters as far as we know. Uh, Saitaro is dead. Right. Nail is assimilated. Right. Who else is on that planet? I mean, Ginyu is a frog it. and I don't really think he's coming <laughs> back at all. So, so a quick recap of what you said so far. You think Goku's coming back next yes, volume? Yes, definitely. You think Frieza's going to transform one more time, probably towards the end? Fairly certain. And there's going to be some skull cracking. Oh, very much so. That's about it. I think that's all you said. You might have said something else. But... Is there really anything else I'm missing in terms of uh I don't know. You tell cause me, because like... I know what happens next volume. You're the one predicting here. That's true. But, I mean, there's really no other characters left on that planet except Bulma. And what the hell is she going to do? <laughs> right. She's right. just going to sit there and eat the whole time. I mean... Exactly. Oh, I hear. All right. Another prediction. Bulma okay. is going to appear eating. All right. You think Bulma's <laughs> going to show up eating at some point? <laughs> that one's totally going to get proven false. But whatever. I say she's going to be eating or drying her hair. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So with your predictions out of the way, we hereby end this volume of the manga. This was 25. We'll be back next month with 26. Until then, we got a lot of other good stuff to do, so let us move on. Julian, you're here. Let's do some DBZ ABCs. Last time we did To and Toei. Last time you were here anyway. So what do you got for us yes. next? Next syllable, next sound. Nah. Nah. Alright. What do we have for nah? Namekusei. Why don't you do that? Namek is an interesting thing because we spend a lot of time on it during the series, but we don't really get a whole lot of information about the planet itself. We know that it's different from Earth, the trees are blue, the sky is green, we've got two suns, and yet, I don't know, we feel 
almost a curious lack of character. It's so generic in some ways. The whole planet looks the same. It's a whole single biome, which always strikes me as very odd. I agree with you. Uh, the planet does feel like it gets pretty old pretty fast. It's seeing the same type of locales over and over. It doesn't have poles either. It all, it all seems to be the same temperature. And if I may interject about this uh, topic here, I happen to play Spore, and I'll tell you every planet in there is possibly just exactly what you're describing every right there. Every planet is Namek. Every planet is Namek. There's no poles. There's no ice. There's nothing. It's just the <laughs> same atmosphere and infrastructure everywhere. So, Have you made any Namekians? And if not, you should. Oh, uh, you don't even have to ask me if they've, they've already been made by like 300 people. Nice. So there are planet Nameks all over the place. Trust me. Well, Julian, does the name of the planet relate to the overall uh, name pun scheme for the race? That it is. It's a reference to Namekuchi, which means slug. Well, that works pretty well then, especially since there's a character named Slug later on in the movies. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else you want to say about the planet? I think that's a pretty good breakdown. Um, Nothing that I could say without spoiling Jeff over there, so I'll keep that's my mouth shut. kind of what I figured. All right. Damn it. <laughs> Thank you. That was not. So what would be next? Neat. 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 All right. Okay. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Good times. Hey, Mary, guess what? What? We meant to do a top five episodes ago. Oh, I know. When you and I did it. The Valentine's Day special. The Valentine's Day show, right? So you know what we're going to do? We're going to finally do it. We're going to finally do it. All right. Mary, quickly going through your top five here, and we'll do the images for them as well. A nice little revival. We meant to do this for the uh, Valentine's Day Hints of Romance episode. We're going to do the top five couples we only saw half of. So, Mary, the number five couple we only saw half of. Right, that would be King Cold, which is, oh, I guess it's a spoiler, so. Sorry, Jeff. It's uh, Freeze's dad, (laughs) and we don't see him a queen cold. Right, we don't know how they create babies. Yeah, um, but he calls... Maybe they're like Namekians. Frieza calls him Papa, and it's really cute. Right. Well, Uh, Frieza does... Oh, it's another spoiler. Uh, yeah, I, do you want I me to go? Should I just leave? I'm saying I'm getting a sense here that I'm not parents, wanted. Plural. But. Yeah, he does say plural there. Right. Right. So which is why it's here. We don't see any kind of scary queen in this relationship. It's a shame. Righto. All right, Mary, number four. Another four, which is um, a good basis for a lot of fanboy speculation, would be Bardock. Plus, who knows? We don't know who Goku's mom is, and probably a lot of fanfics and other things like that, thinking that you know the chick on Bardock's team right, is his mom. But yeah, it's probably not gonna work. That's a no maternity there, I'll tell you what. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's like the biggest argument against right there. As right. Far as Snapped right back into shape, even. <laughs> exactly. No bulge anywhere. All right, Mary, number three, what do you got? Okay, it's another Saiyajin couple. That would be King Vegeta and uh, no Mrs. Vegeta. Mrs. or Queen Vegeta. Not that we see. No design or anything. Yep. So it's again, like Toriyama and is not showing women or mothers or anything is just all, all these men show up I guess and they're born and there's somehow a I think somewhere. this list is all things like that just yeah. like number two number two is uh, the ox king Gumao and uh, that would be Chi Chi's dad and we don't know uh, didn't they say what happened to Chi Chi's mom she died 
Yeah. Which I think also might be the case with our number one. Yeah, your number one. I'm also <laughs> they died. all died. It's a <laughs> little weird. Seriously died. That'd be Mr. Satan, Vidal's dad, and who knows who the mom is and how someone could be crazy enough to marry him. I don't know. I don't know. So, well, there you go. A all list. these mystery couples, all men. <laughs> Some missing women and missing women and somehow babies deaths. get made. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you, Mary. That was your top five couples we only saw half of. We'll get back to some more top fives in the future. Yes. Nice. So with that out of the way, it's time for releases. In in the March here, let me start it off. March 3rd, Tuesday, we've got Viz Big Dragon Ball Volume 3. This is still on schedule for this day anyway. This will be Tong Kobone Graphic Novel Volumes 7 through 9 of Dragon Ball. So that would be General Blue up through the end of the Uranai Baba mini arc there in Volume 9. It is $17.99. Amazon's got a pre-order of $12.23 right now. Julian, over in Japan. Yes, over in Japan, we've got Dragon Ball Movie Region 2 DVDs. This being Dragon Ball Movie. Movies 1, 2, and 3. They will be 2,800 yen each, which is, oh god, I don't even know the yen and the dollar. Eh, it's like so 30 much. bucks now. Okay. And you can find links over on CD Japan, Amazon Japan, etc. That was on March 13th, by the way. Did I say that? No, you didn't. That's fine. Okay. I usually start it off, like I'll do now. Mary, March 18th. Right, that's a Wednesday. It's Dragon Ball Z Volume 31. It's the Spanish Region 2 PAL DVD two-disc set. Covers episodes 248 through 255. It is retailing for 24.95 euros, and you can find it on zonadvd.com. Jeff, why don't you give me the first half of March 19th? We have multiple things here on Thursday. All right, well, on that Thursday, the first thing I got is Dragon Ball Evolution. This is for the uh, Japanese PSP. It's uh, from Nanko Bandai, and it's developed by Dimps, and it runs on a version of the Shin Budokai engine. It'll be $54.90, uh, that is, at PlayAsia. There you go. What? You. You. I wouldn't pay that much for that game. No, the American version is much cheaper. Also on March 19th, over in the French land of France, we have French DBZ box at number one. Uh, we, this is coming from AB Video and TF1 Video, 17 discs. This is 117 episodes, big chunk of the series there. It ends uh, right after Garlic Jr., right before Trunks. It's a 4x3 aspect ratio and remastered through their own process there, AB Video. We don't know what masters are being used. There's a French dub included, and where it was previously censored, the audio switches over to Japanese with subtitles, though there is also a full Japanese track available. Uh, we told you a lot about this last time, and yeah. Sangofe mentioned that uh, there's some more news coming on about this. So check in next week. I think he's going to have a lot of stuff for us. Uh, 170 euros. And that's the first uh, set of uh. probably a couple coming. So I got a question about this. Yes. So th- th- there are points where the French dub completely contradicts the Japanese version with, say, uh, the names of characters and various plot points. So if it switches <laughs> into an uncensored scene that, you know, it switches the Japanese version and subtitles that completely contradicts that, what do they do? Like when you have Piccolo and Mr. Satan on screen at the same time? Are you think yeah. about something like that? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. That'll be kind of funny. Oh, well. Anyway, next. All right. Moving back over here to the U.S. on March 24th, we've got Dragon Ball the movie, the sticker book, coming from Viz. It is $6.99 for free wow. order over on Amazon. Who's excited? Show of hands. 
Just me. I want a sticker book. Uh, Mary, why don't you finish us off here, March 31st. Okay, Dragon Ball Z movies 8, 10, and 11 from Funimation will be coming out. It's uh, remastered movies, widescreen, all that good stuff. It's uh, the triple feature, having a skipped 8 to do 7 and 9, and now all the Broly movies are together as uh, triple threat. Uh, the movies are on uh, DVD for, what is that, twenty nine ninety eight, dollars uh, 1999 pre-order on Amazon, and the Blu-rays are uh, $34.98 retail, $21.99 on Amazon. I do want to note that uh, November 2007, that's when Funimation did their first test run of a Blu-ray. That was the Broly double feature with just movies 8 and 10. That one uh, did not contain the third audio track they've been doing, which is the dub with the Japanese uh, background music. This one's going to have that, and this is also their remastered version. So uh, you probably want to replace that old Blu-ray if you happen to get it. So... Those are the releases for March. With that done, let us go over to some emails. Jeff, why don't you read our first email here? This comes to us from Spidey, and this email was received in June of 2006. Dude, Spider-Man right... Or- well, wrote to your show. That's pretty awesome. Three years wow. ago. Three years ago. I wasn't I'm even digging a into the in college. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Hayes, folks, just wanted to know whatever happened to Frieza's massive army? I know they didn't all go to and die on Namek, and I recall some filler scenes on Planet Frieza. And I know a few accompanied Frieza on his trip to Earth. Where are the rest? Did they disband? I like this question because we found out a little bit more in the recent Jump Anime Tour special with, uh, the two remnants of Frieza's army who show up and kind of, you know, do their own little thing. Anyone else have any thoughts? I just thought that since there was an answer now that we've seen, that I should throw this in here. I could see a few of the stronger ones kind of going off and doing their own thing and wreaking havoc, but maybe some of the weaker ones would be just like, we're going to sit here and wait for Master Frieza! And wait, (laughs) and wait, and wait, and wait, and eventually they just die. Starvation, you know. (laughs) I like Julian's answer the best. All right, then. For uh, the email with the most meat here from Muse, Jeff Hunterita here. Hey, Dysentry X crew. I've been listening to the podcast for a while now, and I think you guys do a really good job, aside from occasionally sounding a bit elitist. Before I get into the real purpose for my email, I'll go ahead and give you guys my opinion of the manga review. I like the recap at the beginning because I don't own every volume of the manga. Blasphemy, I know. And I expect that it'll be a lot harder to follow your conversations once you get the volumes I don't have and can scan through. Besides, I really enjoy the recaps. During the manga review, you mentioned a couple of times how there seemed to be a lot of tying things together. It made me think of a conversation I had with a friend's husband a week ago. Somehow we started talking about Dragon Ball Z, and one of the things that we both really liked was how, in the first half of the series... One event seemed to move into the next one. Raditz leads into Vegeta, which leads into the whole deal with Frieza. It makes the series feel more connected and like one long story instead of a bunch of shorter stories stuck together, which is more the feeling I get from the Cell and Boo arcs. The latter arcs feel more disconnected from the rest of the story, although some amount of disconnect is understandable since the series was originally meant to end after the Frieza arc. There do seem to be some attempts to tie back into previous events with the, oh god, Jinzoningen and Cell, but largely, it comes off more like a standalone story rather than a continuation. The Boo arc is even worse in that regard. It doesn't relate to anything that came before it. 
That's not to say there weren't things I enjoyed in both of those arcs. They both had their moments, but I wonder if that disconnected feeling may contribute to why there are so many varying levels of discontinuity or personal canon amongst the fandom. A very small number discount the Z portion of the series entirely. Some call it after the Frieza arc ended. Others take the Cell arc as the true ending. More will go as far as the end of the Boo arc, and there are a few who actually accept GT. It's interesting, isn't it? But there doesn't seem to be any contention that it should have ended after the Saijin arc. Do you think the fandom would be less fragmented if the latter arcs connected back to the previous events better, or at all in the case of uh, Boo's arc? I think we actually recently talked about uh, how I felt that the, uh, at least the Z portion, it does a pretty good job, and I felt that Toriyama had at least some idea of where he was going, or faked it really well, of exactly as Muse described here. Raditz leads into Vegeta, which leads into the grander idea of Frieza out there going off into space, and this is all connected. So I think we covered that uh, somewhat recently. Um, does anyone want to jump off of anything? thing in here, Julian. Let me go to you. I don't know. There are some weird time skips like the training between Trunks and Cell, and especially after Cell, you get this big jump of seven years. And I think maybe that's intentional. It feels at first as though the author's trying to give Gohan a fresh start, but it doesn't really hold. I agree with that. The Boo arc, I think we've actually received emails about this, and these emails lead me to believe that this is a, a more prevalent idea than I otherwise thought it would have been, and that's that a lot of fans have a problem with the Boo arc and think it's too different and doesn't really fit in with what Toriyama had been leading up to. Mary, how do you feel about it? I don't I've know. I've always felt that way. Yeah? Yeah. Found it hard to sit through. I know we've talked about this, but I can't remember what any of us said. Jeff, as someone who's going through it for the first time, do you still feel like everything's really well connected and kind of making sense so far? Well, I think what needs to be well connected is well connected. I don't feel that there's something that's just sort of left off on the side. Otherwise, well, I guess we would have talked about that, right? Right. I don't know. I haven't noticed that all that much. All right. I think it'll be pretty interesting as you go through the entire manga, especially when we get into the Boo arc, if you feel like, really, this is where we're going now? Or if you just kind of accept it and it makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, I'd, I'd have to go back and listen to the earlier episodes where we did it, where where something like that would, would come up. You know, I, I'm sure I would pick it out, you know? Right. But just from thinking about it right now, I can't think of anything where I was so like, you know, why didn't they continue this part of the story? You know, that's sort of the, the kind of feeling that we're talking about, right? Right. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like this is actually a kind of hard one to answer because everyone has their own individual opinions, which is really the point of what Mew said here in the sure. email. Um, one thing I do want to note is, uh, Julian, we should really do a whole uh, rumor guide entry, something on this really breaks stuff down, and that's the Toriyama intended to end it with the Frieza arc. I mean, there's nothing really specifically formally stating that. Right. I mean, it's obvious that he kind of got tired of it after a while, but we haven't seen anything that actually says that, well, he was going to end it at this point. I think a lot of that comes from, if you're reading the story, it kind of feels like that could have worked as an ending point to the series. And I don't want to say too much, because then it'll spoil the next uh, about four volumes for Jeff. <laughs> maybe not for mm-hmm. me, like three or so. Um, but I can see it working. Maybe fans read into that a little bit. In terms of Toriyama stating, oh, this is where I meant to end it. Originally he said, uh, you know, like the peel-off arc was about all he was going to do. And then he said, I think something in a Q&A at the back of one of the Tom Kubon, something like, uh, maybe I'll do it for about 10 volumes. I think that's the last I ever remember reading of any kind of number or anything like that that he assigned to how far he wanted to write, right? Right. All right, well, there you go. Maybe we just did the whole rumor guide entry right there. So, <laughs> those are the emails for the episode. Jeff, do you know what show you're on? Do you know what email address to say? Give me a minute. Hang on. <laughs> okay, I think I'm good. Questions. I welcome 
anything, anything anyone has, whether it's a comment, a question, a suggestion, anything you want to send into the show, we'd love to hear from you. Jeff, and, where they send in it. And it might be answered within three years. That's right. <laughs> the uh, email address you can send them to is podcast at dizex.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. Well, there you go. We are done with 166 of the podcast. Can you believe we've been doing that for 166 episodes? Oh, my goodness. Craziness. Absolute madness. And finally, there's video involved. Occasionally. <laughs> at least just between us here. This is yes. really fun. I think we're going to continue doing this, at least just for us, because I like getting facial cues and that kind of stuff and watching Julian eat his <laughs> breakfast at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> I think I'm going to put up a screen cap of that with the, with the episode here. Wow. This is how we record the show. I haven't shaved yet today, Mike. Oh, uh, that's fine. I'll scale it down so it's not too obvious. Yeah, I'm sure your job weird. employers won't find it. <laughs> Let's talk about next episode. We potentially will be reviewing Ayumi Hamasaki, the rule CD single slash DVD that's coming in. It was shipped to me last Monday, and CD Japan usually takes exactly one week from ship date to my receiving it. So uh, I should actually be getting it the day after this episode comes out, which will give us a good week to review it. And even if it takes a couple extra days, I think that is plenty of time. And I guess I'll spoil it. I did get something else with the CD slash DVD. I ordered, and we're totally going to have to put up some clips from it, Ryo Horikawa's voice acting coach DVD. It was nice and super cheap on CD Japan, and I had coupons, and so there it is. So Vegeta is going to give you voice acting hints and coachings. Can I watch this? I'd like to watch this. You want to watch it? Is it, it? It's not subbed, is it? No, I doubt it. Ah, damn it. That's fine. I'll still watch it, though. I'll just be like, Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Oh, Mary's dying over there. Time to end the episode. Oh, no. I, wait, I will act as Mary. Blah. <laughs> 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 Look at us. We're all sell. Blah. <laughs> Jeff, it was great having you here. It was great being here once again. We'll see you next month for more Tamangas. That is correct. I'll be here again next uh, next month, hopefully. Yeah. Good times. And you. uh, yeah, you'll see me on my own podcast, too. Yeah, plug away, man. All right. It's uh, Low Fidelity. F-O- uh, oh, my God. I said <laughs> F. I'll start over. L-O-F-I-D-E-L-I-T-Y dot I-N-F-O. You can check out our uh, our music podcast with Mike and I. Jeff, the episode that's currently up as of this recording is? The Appleseed cast and their album Sagar Matha. I think we decided on that pronunciation. And uh, we also talk about uh, music on road trips. Good times. Jeff. Oh, and our top five. Uh, what was our top five? Twitter, Twitter, or fans. Twitter, fans. That's what it was. Yeah, I totally know our own show. Why, what? The episode that will be out after this one will be. Oh, we all, yeah, okay. Because we do it bi-weekly. Okay, fine, yes. It's going to be with the bad plus for all I care in our top five cover songs. Very nice. Just making sure you know what's going on. No, I'm totally out of it. I'm sorry. Mary? Yes? Great to have you back on the show. Not totally dead. Thanks. Sort of kind of dead. Good enough to be here. Yep. Thank you for a top five, too. Oh, yeah. Thanks for reminding we, me about it. I gotta it. say, we were so pissed after we finished recording that episode. like, shit, we actually put in the effort of making a list and never <laughs> got to do anything with it. It was right there on the outline. We're just in such a groove of not remembering to do top fives or yeah. whatever. You think oh, it was well. such a huge show, there'd be an endless supply of top fives, but... I haven't been able to think of anything that I like. You want people to send in more suggestions? Yes, more suggestions. All right, send us some more top five suggestions. What do you want to plug? Uh, I guess I should plug my site, which is defunct. It's Temple of Trunks, which can be found at T-E-M-P-L-E-T... Wait, what? There's no in there. Oh, yeah. T-E-M-P-L-E-O-T-R-U-N-K-S dot com is the site. You can just plug DaisenshuEX from here on out. Whatever yep, you want to yep. do. Plug I gotta be show. an honorary member of DaisenshuEX. Sure you can. Wow. 
All right, thank you. Where's Julian. the press release? Where's the fanfare? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you and I. Yes, we can be found at Daisenshu EX. That wonderful, wonderful website can be found, as always, at http colon slash slash www.daizex.com. That's daizex.com. You owe me stuff like all hells. Yes, I know. <laughs> Just putting it out there. Things, I've been busy. Uh, that's fine. I've been busy, too. Thanks for joining us, 166. We'll be back with 167 next week. So, for Jeff over here, for Mary over there, Bye. for Julian way off over there, who I can see, he's waving. My name is Mike Vegeta. We ask Julian. Kill the show. Before we begin, I just want to say that Vegeta Labs quite pissed gave me the image of Vegeta staggering drunk, and that made me giggle. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I just need to pull at Andrew Deluxe for a second and go, how the hell do you keep track of that? Oh, yeah, this DVD didn't have that third track. That's what they've been doing all the time. Like, I, what? Uh, I make a DVD guide on the site and I have to reference it a lot myself. Jesus Christ. I'm, I actually made the DVD guide on my website for me. Oh. Everyone else be damned. I need to keep track of this stuff. I actually reference it so often. I'm so glad I made it. Yeah, that's hugely helpful. I got to tell you, it is such a pain in the ass every time Funimation puts out something new. <laughs> I don't know how to logically organize anything in that section anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a release, then there's a canceled release, then there's the rem- How do you put that on a page and convey that information to someone who has no idea what you're talking about? You need, like, a 3D matrix of all it's, this knowledge. It's ridiculous. Yeah.